Hi friend, welcome to Valley and View. I'm Betsy and I'm so glad you're joining us for today's conversation. From pretty white steeples, velvet pews, and hundred-year-old hymnals, to pop-up locations, flashing lights, and loud music, church seems to be an ever-evolving entity, but is it supposed to be done a certain way? Today, Becca and I are talking about the Little C Church and the Big C Church, and if that's as confusing as it sounds, don't worry, you're in good company. We're ready to jump all in, but before we do, just a quick disclaimer. The conversations you're about to hear are based on our personal experiences and relationships. We hope you hear something in these conversations that spark an idea, an emotion, or even breakthrough in some way. But please, do not take our words as gospel truth. That can only be found in one place. So let these conversations enter your hearts and your minds, but let the Lord speak to you in ways that only He can. All right, you ready? Let's go. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) We, We gotta find something. I need like a catchphrase or a jingle or something. Like, I just want to be like Jackie Hill Perry. She has her, what up, saints and ain'ts? Yeah, true. I did that on a podcast that I Can't recorded with Allie, and we're not airing it. You <laughs> did what she, up, saints and ain'ts? I said, what up, saints and ain'ts? She was like, you can't do that. She was like, that's not your thing. I was like, it's not trying to be my thing. But I'm like, yeah, I need a singular need phrase. A something. That's mm-hmm. like your go-to. Mm-hmm. That that's would be valiant helpful. viewers. I don't like that. Nope, don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else you can do. Let's hit the trail. Let's hit the trail. Stop. On the way to the valley. I mean, on the way to the view. Oh, my god! Through the valley to the view. <laughs> we'll just say, good afternoon, Rebecca. No. That's <laughs> terrible. Too formal. <laughs> too formal. Uh, we can just start and say, hey. Hey. Welcome. How's it going? It's going. Thanks for making me this latte. It's a sunny chilly sunday afternoon yeah we're back in trash bro yes recording yeah sorry did i say trash bro Ashbro. <laughs> Ashbro. i've been on the road with the pod this weekend I've yeah recorded with casey and charlotte and now here i am in Ashbro. so You're like the north carolina traveling podcaster well don't get carried away because <laughs> this has been too much for this weekend no it's been good um but it did make me think about this summer and i'm like I should do a summer road trip series and you go should. visit all my friends in other locations. You should. And I started, Can we find a friend in California? <laughs> I know, right? I don't. Um, and then I started thinking, I was like, I don't really have friends who live anywhere except North Carolina, except for my friend Brooke in Norway, Yeah, which I don't know if I'm going to go that far to record. I have a friend in Idaho. I'm sure hey, we, we could, could do go out virtual. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want, what's in Idaho? Potatoes? I don't know. We can eat French cool. fries. I'm sure. Cool, cool views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have friends in other places really. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sure if I thought about it. Surely. Somewhere along the way. Brooks in Norway, Caleb and Mandy are in Nigeria. Probably not going there to record a podcast, but we could do it virtually. Yeah. You can do a virtual road trip. That's boring. Yeah, that's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Defeats the whole purpose. (laughs) Um, but yeah, if, if anybody's listening and you live somewhere cool, that's not North Carolina. Let me know. I'll come visit up. you. She'll come. We'll uh, hook up the mics and <laughs> talk Start about whatever, whatever you want to. You just yeah. have to have um, a honey cinnamon latte with raw milk for me, please. Yes. Becca makes the best. Um. So anyways, we are going to talk about church today. Something mm. Becca's very passionate about. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about the church versus the church, which if you're reading this, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but... We'll get to it. And Lowercase C and capital C. Yeah, we'll get difference. to that. But before we get to that, yes, tell the people about your church journey. Oh, from interesting. From like start yeah. to finish. So when I was little, I guess not finished because not finished, not yeah, finished. just starting <laughs> until now. So growing up, uh, we went to an Episcopalian church. Oh, wait, and I didn't know this. Yeah, so um, I actually went to preschool there. Um, had a really awesome preschool um, shout out to St. James in Wilmington. Shout and out St. James. Yeah, it was great. Um, I went there for like a long time, most of my childhood. And then I did do preschool there also, which was kind of fun. Um, then we switched to a Presbyterian church. 
I don't know the day, mom, or the date, mom, you could help me out with the year, but um, I know that I did middle school and high school at this Presbyterian Mm -hmm. church. I think I was maybe there like fifth grade, um, and then we kind of launched right into like the middle school, high school, youth group type of stuff, and we were really active in that. Um, Really loved the church, loved the pastor, and our youth pastors were phenomenal. Uh, They had a really good youth group and small group program and I had the same small group leader like most of my middle school and high school career it was really awesome um and it was cool because you know there's a bunch of different schools I went to a really small private school and so not a lot of my school friends went to this church and so it was cool to make friends with people outside of my Mm -hmm. school so that was my childhood and then when I graduated high school I went to app and um i didn't have like a home church in school i did a lot with um some religious groups there not necessarily affiliated with a specific church but i i did towards the end of my high school career i mean college career go to um a really diverse church which was awesome yeah um and then when i graduated college i moved to where I am now and started going to a large non-denominational church and that was incredible it was exactly what I needed it to be it was like five minutes from where I was living um I didn't know a soul I knew two people when Mm -hmm. I moved here and I just really wanted community I had such good community in college that um I knew that's what I needed and I knew the church was the best place to get that. Mm -hmm. And so I joined this church and I started going to, um, I jumped through, I think two different small groups at first and I finally found the one. The one. Um, Oh, nobody's (laughs) ever called me the one before. The one. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, where I kind of met my people. Like it was just incredible. You guys were all like these young women most of us were single Mm -hmm. which was I think I the small group I had been in was I was the only basically single person and it was just like not it I loved the loved the girls it just I was looking for like someone in my stage of life and so um yeah so I started in that small group and then during quarantine of COVID just like really was wrestling with a lot of things I was in grad school um and the whole social justice justice movement really hit me hard. And so I was kind of looking for a church to speak into that. And I haven't really found one. So I left that church, um, not really with hard feelings, but just wasn't what I was looking for. And I'm kind of churchless, per se, yeah. at this point. Um, but church has played a huge role in yeah, my life. It's for been sure. kind of crazy. I have, think like, about it. similar story like grew up in church mm-hmm. and nothing really right home about until yeah. you know <laughs> I mean literally from from birth and my parents still go to this church or are still members at this church but mm-hmm. grew up there did children's choir mm-hmm. did all the children's activities Bible mm-hmm. school my dad was like the director for Bible school and I mean let me tell you what that church and our area has never seen Bible school as good as Mark Rumley put out there. Yeah, like that's awesome. he would, I mean, literally one time I remember he built a waterfall in the sanctuary, like oh built a working functioning waterfall. Good I don't for remember, him. What, but what good for him? Oh, I thought you said for what? No, <laughs> but exactly though. Yeah. For what? Um, no, it was like this whole thing. I don't know what the theme was. And then one year he built like this spaceship thing. And I remember the fire department coming and being like, you have to take that down. It's blocking a fire <laughs> exit. <laughs> but I mean, you wonder where I get my extraness yeah, from. There's I no see. doubt. No There's doubt. no doubt. Anyways, Bible school was a lot of fun. Um, it was always a big deal at that church. And yeah, in college, you know, kind of phased out of that church. And mm-hmm. it's not really what I was, you know, yearning for and everything. And I'll say I kind of went back to that church during college because I, I only went like 30 minutes away. Like mm-hmm. I didn't go very far for college, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I went to church in college. And then when I, maybe my senior year, when I moved in with Allie, I started mm-hmm. going to her home church. Um, so I grew up Methodist. I don't know if I said that, but grew up Methodist and then started going with Allie and she went to a Quaker church. Um, and so I went there for a couple years and then I moved away 
And then when I lived like an hour away is when I started going to the church that you went to here. So I would drive an hour every oh, Sunday wow, to I go that. to that same non-denominational church. Yeah. And that's, and I don't even know why I did. Like, I don't know what like led me there. Yeah. Um, the Lord. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> probably. No, honestly, yeah, that was what it was. But, um, yeah, I started going there. And I don't know if me and Allie started going there together. I, certainly at that stage in my life, I would not show up to yeah, church alone. Yeah, surely not. Yeah. N- now I do. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm just thinking about 20-something-year-old Betsy would not have driven an hour to go to church alone. Like, yeah. not happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's where we all met and um, got in a small group. And, like, all of us. I just think it's really cool because we're all still really good friends. Mm-hmm. Even though, like... Probably only two or three out of the 12 of that original small group still go to church there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but I when- think church in college is a weird concept. Yeah. No, it like, is. Like, because I played hockey and we had games on Sundays, mm. Sunday mornings. So, mm-hmm. most of our games were 11 o'clock on Sunday. So, going to church, at least during season, was actually impossible. Yeah. Um, and so, thankfully, um, I, there was, there was like a, I can't even remember, Athletes in Action, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Athletes in Action, which was some, like a stint of crew, maybe. I can't remember who they were like under, but they would do stuff during the weeknights and I would go to that. And then in the off season, I would, I would try really hard to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like falling off in college is kind of a normal vibe. Um, just because yeah. you're probably in a new city, you know, you're not going to be there a long time. Yeah. So, like, getting invested in a church kind of seems weird. Yeah. Well, you're also, like, figuring yourself out, too. Right. And figuring out, like, what works best for you. Like, what is going to be best for you to grow in your relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord. Like, I, I don't think that you can just go to any church yeah. and it work for you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? For sure. Um, And I, we'll dive into all that. But um, <laughs> I was thinking, though, when you were talking about your growing up church experience, would mm-hmm. you relate your relationship with Jesus synonymous with growing up in the church? Like, cause in my mind, those are two different, two completely separate things. Like I went to church all my life, but I did not have a relationship with Jesus until I was 19. Mm. You know what I mean? No, I would say they're synonymous. Now when I was little, no, I mean, we grew up doing BSF. My mom was a BSF teacher. What's that? Oh, B, uh, I don't know what the <laughs> No one knows the BSF It's is. really old. They're, it's still around, but we... Is it like Awanas? Uh, I don't know what that is. You don't, okay, you don't know what Awanas is? So it's like, it's it's a it's a Bible study for moms for and kids. kids. Yeah, for okay. adults and kids. So like we would go and my mom would have her own group and then we would have our own group. So like, I mean, little we were mm-hmm. reading the Bible, doing some sort of a Bible study. So oh, wow. I think for... Both, I mean, I would say both my sister and I, um, like we, I mean, believing in Jesus was like something that was just talked about like a normal conversation. So, um, I remember in middle school, we did a lot of, um, trips with our youth group. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically we went to camp Caswell, um, and then we did one in Tennessee and you know, they, it's like this big worship thing and you play games and you have a good time and. Before you left at every single one, they like would invite you to believe, right? Yeah. Like profess your your beliefs, um, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And, right. Um, so I would say middle school. I don't know. I, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know the exact trip, but that was such a normal thing for yeah. us to go and yeah. Now so that, I would say they're kind of one and the same. Yeah. Now I that I'm back. thinking about it, like... Maybe the better wording for me is that I wasn't aware of my relationship with Jesus until I was 19. Like, mm. I wasn't fully invested in it, mm. didn't really think about it on a daily basis. And mm. I, I do think, to some extent, my experience was going to church on Sunday, checking off that box, because that's what a good Southern girl mm. does. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's yeah. what we do in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Um, And it was just like a thing we did, but I didn't really feel invested or take mm. ownership maybe of my relationship with him until you were my, after my first year of college when I started working at camp number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I would say like, 
I was trying to do a quiet time in the morning, like as a middle schooler. Yeah. Like that's how, that's how strong our youth group was. Like it was incredible. Nancy Gresham, shout out to Nancy Gresham. She is like truly an angel on earth. She, all the sixth grade girls were like her girls. She would every year, the sixth grade group of girls, that was her small group. And Mm -hmm. she had you over, um, to her house. She would like have, she would put um, Sunkist in the freezer and it would get like a slushy. Oh, oh my gosh, it was incredible. But she was so raw and real and like mm-hmm. taught us how to read the Bible. And I mean, it was it was truly a blessing. And mm-hmm. so I would say, yeah, like we were reading the Bible. I was trying to do a quiet time in middle school. And Dang. then again, like Catherine Dom um, was my small group leader at least all through high school. I think she picked us up maybe in eighth grade. I can't remember. But I mean, we read, she's memorized like almost every book of the Bible. It's incredible. What? Yeah. She would print us out labeled scripture uh, or like, um, what's the, with the plastic on either side, you know what Laminated. Laminated. Oh, don't get me started on a laminator. I love it. Laminated scripture and like really cool prints. And um, we would read through James and Romans. Like, the, I mean, big books of the bible mm. and it was all like straight scripture it was awesome dang yeah you were out here doing it in not because school. it was me it was i was over here playing in fake waterfalls <laughs> in the sanctuary <laughs> Lord. Oh, oh my gosh i think it's important to note too like and i always have this disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast but like these are our experiences mm-hmm. and i never want anybody to feel like listening to this that oh well i didn't grow up going to church and at all and I didn't grow up doing quiet time in middle school so I'm not I'm less of a Christian or less of a believer like no like that is not not truth like when you start your relationship with Jesus like everything before that Mm -hmm. not I don't want to say it doesn't matter but like you are starting new well I think the cool part is that you know everyone asks for like your story and Mm -hmm. I think for me I never felt like I had a story that was worth telling because it was so plain. It was like, well, I grew up in a great Christian home. We were Mm -hmm. really involved in every church we were a part of. I was saved by the time I was in eighth grade, the latest, you know? And so I just never felt like there was value in that because it was so plain. Whereas, you know, you hear people who have incredible stories Mm -hmm. about the Lord and how the Lord truly pursued them and... It feels like a bigger miracle. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's incredible. Like, you know? You, yeah, you went from, you know, doing crack cocaine and like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you went from yeah. like doing that every single day to now have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And a like that is a bigger, it in, seems in our view. so bigger, much it seems, bigger. Yeah, it seems bigger when we're just like, yeah, we went to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. You're still doing it. Yeah. Oh my God, that just reminded me. The So I went to a church service this morning with my cousins. It's a church that I've never mm. been to. Um, he was talking, um, kind of preaching on Mark 6, 45 through 56 when um, the disciples are in the boat and the big storm and like Jesus walks on water, like that whole thing or whatever. Um, and there's a lot. Like I'll, I'll link the sermon. Hopefully it'll be up by the time this is posted. But um, it was really good. But one of the things he was saying was that God moves slow, fast, mm. And I was like, hold on. And so he was talking about like when we continue to do the same things daily, faithfully, like Mm -hmm. it seems boring, like, oh, wake up, do my quiet time, go to work, go to bed, go to church Mm -hmm. on Sunday, go to small group, like read this, worship, woohoo, whatever. Like it seems just this rote thing that keeps happening or whatever. But when we are consistent and faithful, Mm -hmm. God moves like super fast. Mm, And so like he gave a lot of uh, examples, but... Um, with this scripture, I, anyways, it's just really good and I'm not doing it justice, <laughs> but I'm just going to link it. It's really good. You should listen to it, but I went to yeah. elevation with my cousins, but it was actually the pastor. I think his name, I don't know, rich somebody, but he's from VU church in Miami, okay. which oh, cool. I didn't know was a church, but I've been listening to a couple of their songs recently oh, that cool. are really good. Yeah. But I thought they were just like a worship group. Like yeah. I didn't realize they were a church. So when he like got up there, was like, I'm from VU church in Miami. I was like, shut up. Wow. That's um, cool. And Bailey, my cousin leaned over or maybe it was Lindsay. I don't know. But 
uh, they were like, oh, yeah, he's like a celebrity pastor. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, he's like the Kardashians pastor. And I'm like, oh, my no, gosh. No, no, no. So oh at lunch, gosh. we Googled it. And this guy who preached at Elevation today um, actually did officiate the wedding of Kim and Kanye. Oh, that, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so maybe I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm turning you off now. But no, it was a really good message. Um, I don't know if he still has association with the <laughs> Hey, but Kim and Kanye are also children of God, so. They are. They are. <clears throat> True that. Anyways. Um, back back to what we were talking back about. Back to what but, we were talking yeah. about. Totally but bad. I think there's something to be, even though our story isn't like a huge, miraculous thing, like there's yeah. something about the slow and steady, consistent mm. faith. Yeah. That also, like, God is working in and moving in. But I've, yeah. I have felt the same way. It's like, I don't really have yeah. a, a story worth telling, yeah. it feels like, almost. Yeah. Well, I think the, the cool thing is that God can do big things, right? Like, he can, he can take someone and do a 180 with their life. Mm-hmm. Yet, that doesn't always breed maturity. And for I sure. think that's where I've had to be thankful for my story is that yeah, it seems really boring. And I always grew up hearing these incredible stories from people and just feeling like I didn't have a place in that because my story didn't seem meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yet I'm at an age and I feel like my maturity in my faith is so much higher because for so long and so consistently Mm -hmm. I have had a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I'm like, no, it's not awesome you know it's awesome in 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 some ways but it's not this 180 change yet he has he has been consistent in my life for a very long period of time yeah for sure so a conversation we have a lot is the church versus the church and just like church in general i feel like you and i talk a lot about Mm -hmm. so explain to us when i say the church little c church versus the church big c church what what are we talking about? So, again, I am not a religious scholar. <laughs> These are all my personal beliefs. Um, to me, Little C Church is just a body of believers, mm-hmm. like the body the body of Christ, um, His kingdom. And Big C Church to me is a worldly building based systemic religious organization mm-hmm. um really and, because i think in my brain i associate the opposite really i think like little c church is like the building that you go to and big c church is like the greater church of believers oh funny i see it the opposite way because i see like capital r religion is like worldly created religion okay like the religious organization itself whereas little r religion is like what you believe in, like yeah. your beliefs. I don't know. Yeah, which by the way, none of this is in scripture. Yeah, it's just this like, isn't anywhere in scripture. <laughs> it's just what we've come up with in our head. But there is a distinct difference yeah. in, we'll just say, the body of believers of Jesus and the physical building of the church. Mm-hmm. And they can be incredible. Together. Incredible together <laughs> and associated together, but oftentimes mm-hmm. they can also be individual individual and separate of each other. Mm-hmm. You agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like to me, Little C Church was our small group. Big C Church was going to church on Sunday. Going together. to the building. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just blew your mind. Yeah. No, I'm like <laughs> thinking through it because now it's the opposite of what I think. That's so funny. Um, well, we can just say informal and formal if that's easier. No, no, no. We're going to go with your okay. analogy okay. here. Little C Church is... Informal. See, I, I think... We'll just go back to this. In my mind, Big C Church is like, Big C has more of an importance. Ah, okay. Is why I associate it with like, yeah, the body of believers. And yeah. Little C Church is less important, okay. which is the building. Yeah. I think that's how I got my association with it. Yeah. Regardless, we're Regardless. talking about two separate entities here. Yes. Okay, so yes. we're talking about a body of believers, the group mm-hmm. of people who are the church, mm-hmm. and physical buildings Mm -hmm. that we call church buildings that are Mm -hmm. Mm man-made structures and Mm -hmm. objects. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Now that we're on the same page. Now we're on the same page. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So with church, I feel like recently there's this buzzword 
Mm. swirling around. Church hurt. Church hurt. Church hurt. Have you experienced church hurt? Hmm. I I think in in some way it can be church hurt. Mm. I think I classify it more as disappointment. Okay. Um, because I wasn't marginalized or discriminated against or in some way targeted. Um, But I think I put myself in a position to be incredibly disappointed Mm -hmm. in the church, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think as for those who didn't listen to the other podcast, I'm a clinical social worker and I do therapy in an office space setting, private practice setting. And it's been incredible to see how many clients I have I always ask them if there are any relevant religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many people say, I believe X, I'm a Christian in my beliefs, yet I do not associate with a church. Right. Because of this likelihood of church hurt, uh-huh. which is crazy. I didn't realize it was so, it was happening Prevalent. so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people. There are a lot of terms in our society that I think people just have different definitions uh, Mm -hmm. on and things like that and different beliefs. Um, Like me, me, Casey, and Allie all think ghosting is a completely different thing. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I think the church hurt is one of those buzzwords that Mm -hmm. everybody has a different definition of what they think it is. Mm -hmm. Right? So Mm -hmm. what what is your thoughts on what it is? What church hurt actually? Yeah. Is? Like what's your definition or. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's really hard when you think about what the actual mm-hmm. definition of it would be. But um, I would say when you've been discriminated against from the structural, structural leaders of a church mm-hmm. or whoever's on stage or whoever's mm-hmm. running the show per se. Yeah. If they haven't, if they have like, if you felt marginalized or discriminated against or hurt, if they've like hurt your feelings or, or physically or hurt physically you hurt you. Cases. Yeah. If you've been like assaulted sexually right. or physically, mm-hmm. um, by leaders of yeah. church or church members. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Ostracized. Yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. What's your definition? No, I would agree with all that. I think that's, um, I'm on the same thing because I think church hurt because everybody has the same definition. Like it's almost one of those phrases that we use too often, maybe Mm. in a situation where, no, we just didn't like the worship music. Like that is not church hurt. Or I didn't Mm. like the way that the pastor, you know, um, spoke about tithing and offering. Like that's not church hurt. That is, I don't know what you would call that. You just Wait, talk about the... Was that so, TikTok? Yeah. So you sent me this great TikTok. Um, and they were talking about how accountability is not church hurt, right? So yeah. it's like this balance of you're going to church to be a better Christian, right? Like corporate worship is very important yeah. in in the Bible and in our walk with Christ. Um, and community, which often comes in corporate worship settings, mm-hmm. is called to hold you accountable right Mm -hmm. and so no if you're sinning and you're someone's holding you accountable whether the sermon that day spoke Mm -hmm. to where you're sinning that's not church hurt Mm -hmm. like that's you hearing what the lord potentially has already been telling you um so yeah accountability isn't church hurt right yeah someone calling you out like, it might hurt your feelings only because it's true. Right. Like, anytime my friends call me out, like, I get defensive. Right. And I'm like, oh, you hurt my feelings. But really, they're doing it out of love. Right. But that gets hairy, too, because mm-hmm. historically, people in the church and people who claim to be believers of Christ have done it in the name of God. Mm. You see where I'm going here? Preach it. (laughs) I've done it in the name of God Mm -hmm. and it has been hurtful, Mm -hmm. but it has that, that's not accountability. Mm -hmm. Like you are twisting and manipulating what God has said to be true 
to make it fit your agenda or to make it fit your desires mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I just think of, I mean, I guess we'll go here. Um, but like slavery, mm-hmm. like is one of the first things I think of mm-hmm. and like white privileged mm-hmm. men and women mm-hmm. using scripture to justify slavery mm-hmm. because they mistook what scripture said and like yeah they cherry picked it yeah yeah right you know how i feel about cherry picking preaching that's why i don't go to the church that i used to go to um but it's where it's where you're coming from it's the heart like it's what is the motivation what is the intention right Mm -hmm. if you're if i'm holding you accountable i'm coming to you out of love right like Christ wants us to hold each other accountable, right? Mm-hmm. That is the purpose. One of the ma- main purposes of community. Mm-hmm. If we're just like floundering on our own, no, like no one's holding us accountable. We can do whatever we want to do. Right. We because when anyone. you're in isolation, right. like the enemy can get a hold of you so much quicker mm-hmm. than when you are in a group of other people who maybe you're in a season and I have walked through this. I have sat on this very couch <laughs> and been called out so many times. <laughs> like when you're with other people, when you're not seeing clearly or you're not thinking in the context of scripture or your relationship with Christ, like we all get in those situations where it is hard to see. And again, I will reference the sermon I heard this morning. (laughs) Like when, when Jesus is coming to the disciples and Peter on the water and they get freaked out and think it's a ghost, Mm -hmm. it's because they can't see through the wind and the storm and Mm -hmm. the rain and the clouds. They can't see clearly. Mm -hmm. And the pastor this morning was like, but no, just close your eyes and listen. Mm -hmm. Like, forget all the things that you can see and why this isn't, you know, looking good or why you're afraid or whatever. Close Mm -hmm. your eyes and listen. And what was Jesus saying? If Peter just closed his eyes and listened, Jesus said, come to me. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's kind of the, anyways, that's a whole other tangent. I'm I'm telling you, I'm linking the sermon and you should listen to it. (laughs) Even though the pastors may be giving a Kanye's pastor. That's okay. That's okay. Um, But that's what your, that's what your community does, right? Right. We are, we are nothing without accountability. Right. Um, but what, if, if you're alone, you're going to call yourself out? No. Right, right. We're not going to call yourself out. But it's just how it's done. If I'm holding you accountable, um, that looks different than passing judgment. And I think yes. a lot of church hurt comes from pa- someone passing judgment and not sitting down and being like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. how did we get here? Um, so it's really about, like, wh- where are you coming from? Are you coming at someone's behavior just because you care about their behavior? Or are you coming you sitting down with them and saying, hey, I understand that sin is a symptom of a heart problem. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and talk about what's going on that we're doing the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's different. That's accountability. Yeah. That's not judgment. Right. And it's not church hurt. Yeah. Accountability is not for sure. Yeah. Becca and I have mentioned several times that as believers, we are to live as Christ did. And I think Ephesians 5 gives us some really good guidelines when it comes to living as Christ. The message version of Ephesians 5, starting in verse 1, says, Watch what God does, and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. You can be sure that using people or religion or things just for what you can get out of them, the usual variations on idolatry, will get you nowhere, and certainly nowhere near the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of God. Don't let yourselves get taken in by religious smooth talk. God gets furious with people who are full of religious sales talk but want nothing to do with Him. Don't even hang around people like that. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain, so no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true, these are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. 
Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins, Christ will show you the light. So watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine, that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge drafts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything, any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. How do you think that we as believers should respond to other people who are believers or maybe not believers anymore Mm -hmm. because they've experienced church hurt? Like how do we respond to people who say they've experienced church hurt? Mm. That's a good question. I think validating it. Hey, tell me what happened. I'd love Mm -hmm. to know if you're willing to talk about it. Um, And also helping them understand that that's not the heart of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, passing judgment on someone or discriminating against them or ostracizing them or whatever. Like that, those are not, those are not fruits of the spirit. That mm-hmm. is not who Christ is. Um, and so w- I think for me, when someone has experienced church hurt, like, let's talk about Jesus. Like, let's talk about who yes. Jesus is so that you can understand that what happened to you was a product of lost people right. and broken people who are representing Jesus mm-hmm. and clearly not doing a very good job. Yeah, I totally agree. And my heart has been aching recently of just like random things that I've heard of people who were believers or in the church or whatever and have experienced some some situation to this extent, like mm. some type of church hurt, which made them question Jesus. Yeah. And completely walked away from the faith. Like as believers who are who are church goers, mm-hmm. like we've got to stop like, I don't yeah. even know what I'm trying to if say. you don't need but... to get on Facebook and make your profile picture hurtful or your profile status hurtful, right. like, you're representing, as a believer and an active member of a church, you are representing Jesus. Yeah. And when you are doing things to people or saying things that are hateful or hurtful, people are believing that to be who Jesus is. Exactly. Because, yes, we are made in his image and as believers who are proclaiming his mm-hmm. name... Like, people associate what we do with who Jesus is. Yeah. And that's super important, I think, to, like, be living and loving mm-hmm. and walking like Jesus did. Like, obviously, too, that we're not going to be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. just because we are Christians and believers in Christ mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're not going to mess up and right. we're not perfect. Like, just because we are those things does not mean that we're not going to mess up. And I think about... um I mean, this has been years ago, um, but this guy that I was talking to for a little bit, um, he knew, I mean, this was a wild time in Betty's life, but um, he was not a believer. I was, and problem number one right there, like that should have never happened. (laughs) Anyways, we live and we learn, learn. but I did shut it down after a while and I was like, this can't happen. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was very nice about it. And, you know, he was like, thank you for telling me, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he slid back into the DMs like a month later. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I already told you, like, this Mm -hmm. can't happen for X, Y, Z. And then he was like, I thought you were a Christian and Mm -hmm. you were supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And like went off on me. And like looking back, that was for sure gaslighting. But Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. just people, people associate you with your actions also associate you with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um... I don't know. It's just like this weird. Yeah. We just have to really be careful. Like we, mm-hmm. we should be careful what we say and how we act period. Period. But as believers, even more so we have a label on us for good, right? Like I love that people yeah. know that I'm a believer. Okay. Let me tell you about Jesus. You yeah. want to sit down and talk about it? Yeah. Right. But like on the, on the other side of the coin, 
Like you still have that label on when you're being hurtful or when you're doing the thing that you know you shouldn't be doing. And that's what people are paying attention to more than anything else, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you are always um, marketing. Like we're Mm -hmm. we're walking marketing billboards basically (laughs) for Jesus. Jesus. And so if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. That's right. Someone's going to be like, oh, well. And I think the thing that hurts me the most is that people who associate someone who they thought was Mm -hmm. a believer or who knew Jesus and they start to put those misconceptions on who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And like, when we do that, we are leading people astray Mm -hmm. who are not pursuing him Mm -hmm. because they say, Oh, well, if a Jesus follower is like this, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of, yeah. I don't know. It's a whole conundrum, really. And I feel like it's very cyclical. I feel like our conversation is going in circles. (laughs) But, I mean, it's true. Like, it can be be a great thing, but Mm -hmm. it can also be a thing that... can be damaging. Yeah, damaging is the right word there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about camp number one, Mm -hmm. the very first time I interviewed there after my freshman year of college. And I remember them telling me in the interview, or maybe this was later once we were on staff and like having staff training in the summer. Um, But I remember Heather, who is my cousin and also the director at camp number one, specifically saying that from this moment forward, you represent this camp. Mm -hmm. Like, so anything you do, Mm -hmm. even if it is outside these gates, even if it is posted on the internet, like forevermore, Mm campers and parents are going to associate you with this camp. I don't care if you work here for one summer. I don't care if you work here for five summers or 30 years down the road Mm -hmm. and you run into a camper or a camper runs into your Facebook profile. Like they're associating you with camp Mm -hmm. forevermore. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the same with Jesus. Like once we pursue a relationship with him, like people are associating us with him and him with us and like, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing. So the hard have- thing about it though, is that you can go to church on Sunday and consume a sermon mm-hmm. and not actually believe in Jesus. Yep. Yet people are still looking at your actions as yep. a representation of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that scary. is the hardest part yeah. and scary. Yeah. yeah. I would say that would be true for me for most of my, mm-hmm. um, growing up life. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, it wasn't ever a conscious thought or an awareness of having a relationship with him. It was Mm -hmm. just, I went to Sunday, I tried to do good things Mm -hmm. and that was it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. With all that being said, Mm -hmm. how do you think that we can be the quote church? Love people. (laughs) I mean, I think... We make it harder than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like, be kind, love people, care about them as a person. Um, if you know someone struggling, take them dinner, write mm-hmm. them a note, send them a text message. Um, I mean, I think we be the church by reflecting Christ well. Yeah. But... That requires you to know Christ, which requires you to read your Bible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like your church, depending on the church that you go to, your pastor might, as we call it, cherry pick scripture and not really give you who Christ is or tell you how to live your life or what it looks like to live your life for Christ. Um, and so I think we have to be able to know what would Christ want us to do? Mm-hmm. And like, that's what we should be doing. That's how we should be loving other people. But that takes time for you to read your Bible and get to know who Jesus right. is so that we know, wow, okay, how does he want us to reflect him mm-hmm. and be the church? I mean, I think it's awesome when you have a group of people who are following Christ well, I mean, to the best mm-hmm. of their ability. Like, that's a really, like, those people can love you well mm-hmm. um, because they know who they're following or like what the gold standard is. Yeah. And I think too, though, like right now, if you're thinking about your friend group or people who are in your circle or whatever, and all of them know Jesus Mm -hmm. and all of them are living or trying their best to live Mm -hmm. like him, my encouragement would be 
to branch out Mm. and find somebody who does not fit that Mm -hmm. right now. Because Mm -hmm. I think that is one thing that, yeah, it's great to have Christ-centered friends. And, like, I'm so grateful for, Mm -hmm. you know, how our small group, like, came together and even how we disbanded and are Mm -hmm. still friends. But, like, if if our whole purpose Mm -hmm. as believers is to spread the gospel Mm -hmm. and to teach others about Jesus, if there's nobody in your inner circle or who you're in contact with or communication with on a daily basis who is not currently following Jesus, Mm -hmm. like, we gotta, we gotta branch out. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that those are your, your people who, I think it's important to have close knit community who are Christ followers, like we said, who can hold you accountable, but also in tandem have people who are your friends Mm -hmm. and your coworkers and people who you are speaking life into, Mm -hmm. um, on a daily basis because we can't just stay within the church. Mm -hmm. The church doesn't grow if you stay within the church. Yeah. Well, it's like, what's the point of a full cup if you're not going to pour it out for somebody else? Yeah. Like your, your, um, Christ following group of friends, they are the ones who fill your cup Mm -hmm. so that you can can go go out out and pour that out to someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't already know Christ, right? Like going to work every day, you might be pouring out your cup or going to your fun kickball league. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you're pouring that out. And yeah, we got to go back to where we get filled up. Mm-hmm. And that's where your Christ Christian community comes in. Um, but yeah, like we should be pouring out to somebody. Otherwise yeah. we're not furthering the kingdom. Yeah, exactly. And I think community can fill your cup too, but like community can't be the sole thing that yeah. fills you up. because True. yeah. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Yeah. So um, the other thing with that too, I was thinking is there was an episode with Annie F. Downs with, um, cannot think of his name, the guy who sings fancy like, and I'm sorry. Oh, Walker Hayes. Yes. Yeah. Great human. Great human. Don't love that song. (laughs) (laughs) I think I associate it with the time where I was working with middle schoolers and they listened to it all the time. And I'm like. Stop doing these TikTok dances. I can't stand it. Yeah. Anyways, um, there's an episode on That Sounds Fun with what Walker Hayes. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. So him and no idea what the guy's name is, but his mentor. Okay. Um, but basically a quick synopsis of his story is uh, he and his wife were married. She was a believer. He was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like deep in alcoholism mm-hmm. and like this whole thing. And um, they had a neighbor and that guy is also on on the episode, but he had a neighbor who, big in the church and Christ follower and, you know, all these things. And Walker talks about, like, during that time that this guy, like, he never once came to him as, like, shoved the Bible down his throat mm-hmm. or trying to preach to him or mm-hmm. whatever. He literally was just his friend. Mm-hmm. And through things that they did together, whether it was that guy bringing him dinner or, you know, they are going to play golf or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Like Walker and he'll talk about like, there was just something different about him that didn't make sense Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, but he just talks about him being there and now they have like this super close knit relationship. But this guy, just by being who he was Mm -hmm. and loving Walker, like he did Mm -hmm. Walker came to know Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, just by this other guy living his life, loving well. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember. And I have to remind myself this all the time, but someone coming to Christ does not depend on me necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I am not God. I cannot force it to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of going through that right now with a couple different people in my life. And I just have to keep reminding myself because I'm such a control freak mm-hmm. that I'm like, Ooh, if I just send this text message or yeah. I just like, you know, orchestrate this event or whatever, yeah. Yeah. like these people will know Jesus. Like I know Jesus, yeah. but that is not the case whatsoever. It's like, no, I need to live my life like Jesus did and be there for these people, show them love. And I mean, I've got to throw my hands up and know that like, that is the Lord working through me. Mm-hmm. But it's not up to me. You know yeah, what I mean? That yeah. those people have to come to Jesus on their own. Like I cannot force that. Yeah. I, I can definitely put things in their path right, right. to help lead them there. Yeah. But it's not up to me. Yeah. My mom, when we were little, she used to always say, 
remember whose you are. Uh-huh. And she would like drop us off for school and be like, all right, girls, remember whose you are. And I always thought it was like such a mom thing. But really, she was saying like, go out into the world and be you and remember whose you are at the end of the day. And if mm-hmm. you are remembering whose you are, you're going to not do what the world tells you to do. Yeah. And so it's just simply um, being who Christ calls us to be, which is going to be the opposite of who the world calls us to mm-hmm. be. And people know that. People can see that. Um, and then they start asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For someone who's listening who currently doesn't go to church, which raise your hand in the room right now if you currently don't go to a church. Two hands raised. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts on choosing a church? Like big, do we decide this was big C church? Anyway, choosing a church is a a physical location building. Yeah. So when it comes to choosing a church, I think it really just depends on what you're looking for. Um, I think for me personally, right now it's finding a church that is teaching scripture with different races, different able-bodied people, um, male, female, like just different types of people that represent the kingdom of Christ, um, speaking scripture or teaching scripture. I think at another point in my life, I was really looking for an awesome worship band, Mm -hmm. you know, like I really wanted to go to the big church with, it was dark. No one could Mm -hmm. see you. You know, the worship band was awesome. I didn't really care what they were talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like worship was most important yeah. to me then. Um, and I think over time, I've just found that wherever my maturity has has grown, I've cared less about worship and cared more about, like, is there, are there, a, is there a good community of believers? Like, can I get plugged into that church? Um, do I feel like they're speaking truth to everyone on stage? That doesn't mean that if you really care about worship that you're not doing the right thing. Like yeah. I think it, it really is whatever personal preference you're looking for. Um, but there are so many different aspects of a church that you could be evaluating to know if that's really a good fit yeah. for you. I think my advice would just be to like choose one, pick one, mm-hmm. go there. Mm-hmm. And since COVID, like if you're church shopping like I am, yeah. it is so easy to like watch sermons online to get a feel for Mm -hmm. like what that church is like Mm -hmm. without actually having to go there or Mm -hmm. there are even like podcasts on Spotify that play the sermons from the previous week. Um, but I think just choosing one, trying it out and being okay saying, Hey, that one's not for me because of X, Y, Z and then trying another one, Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. actively trying to choose a church. And I, I think what you said was good. Like, we're never going to find a church that is perfect and yeah. have ev- because because churches are man-made yeah. structures and yeah. essentially man-made corporations and mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. like we know this yeah their mission happens to be yeah. furthering the gospel but yeah. it's a business you know what i mean yeah. um they're not going to be perfect right but i think it's important too that you Recognize that it's not going to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. not going to have all the bells and whistles that you want it to. You're never mm-hmm. going to find a church like that. But like like you said, what is important to you in this season? Like, what do you need? Like, for me, mm-hmm. I was going to a church for a couple of months that I loved it. I loved um, the aesthetic of mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. I loved that they had a coffee shop in mm-hmm. the church. Like, that was awesome. Um worship and praise team was mediocre. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm not, I don't need that. Like, Mm -hmm. cause also I can't sing and you know, it's just fine. Like I need something to just get me in the mood a little bit and I'll be okay. Um, but for me, like my sole purpose of going to church right now in this season is for the preaching. Mm -hmm. Like I I need the word. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the church that I was going to like had all this stuff and, they were like super diverse in population. Mm. And I'm like, this is awesome. But after a couple months and just seeing this trend and I'm like, the pastor keeps cherry picking, pre- mm. like cherry picking. Pre- oh my gosh. Scripture, cherry picking scripture. Mm. And which is fine, but it mm. felt like that he was taking what he wanted to preach on and mm. trying to shove scripture into it mm-hmm. instead of taking scripture and preaching from the, from the scripture, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. I, I'm 
fairly confident in these words, but there's words for that in theology or when you're studying that. I think it's exegesis, no, exegesis and eisegesis, maybe. One of them means that you take scripture from the Bible and then preach on that. And the other one is the opposite. You preach and then take scripture to fit what you want to preach. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm le- after I said that, I'm less confident that that's what it's called, but um, something to that extent. And um, I just think when, for me personally, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I hear sermons like that, mm-hmm. I think that opens it up to more of a chance or risk of mm-hmm. misinterpreting scripture and mm-hmm. twisting it to fit what you want it to say. And for me, I just don't want to run that risk. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, I also don't think that teaches you how to read the Bible. Like at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, okay. I could I can Google verses about joy, cool, right? But yeah. like, can I read a psalm and like learn what joy is based yeah. on scripture? I mean, I just think, you know, they're teaching, like they are on stage teaching something, and if you're walking through a passage of scripture, they're also teaching you how to read the Bible. Yeah, and like that's a skill that we all have to continually work on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think. I'm I'm totally in the same in the same space right now like looking for someone who is going to be taking scripture and just and teaching it yeah. to a group of people. Yeah. Um and not I think, like an idea and then like using scripture to back up their idea. Yeah. And I think your your need for what you need from the Big C church. Mhm. Wait, I'm going back and forth. From the build, church building, yeah, what you yeah. need from that changes throughout your season. Like I'm sure, mm-hmm. like right now, I need I need a good pastor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure in future seasons, I might be solely looking for a church mm-hmm. that has a great kids ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on church hopping? Because I've heard I've heard different things. Mm-hmm. Like the church is not to necessarily serve you mm-hmm. necessarily, mm-hmm. but it is. To help deepen your relationship with Christ. And if you're not getting that and you're church hopping. Yeah. Like pros, cons. I had this, I had a lovely meeting with some, some church staff at a point in my life. And I'll never forget the pastor looking at me and saying, you know, we're feeding a meal. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And I've always... I wish I had actually taken the time to respond to that when they said that to me. Um, Because to me, they were feeding a snack, right? Mm -hmm. And like, you weren't feeding me a meal. I was still hungry. Mm -hmm. That's why I was going to you because I wasn't getting fed, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, churches are all creating something. They're giving you something. It either fills you up or it doesn't, if it doesn't fill you up, then go somewhere that does fill you up. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to be getting filled up by going to five different churches. That doesn't yeah. feel, that's not the point of church. Like the point of church is to go somewhere, get involved, um, and take on a role of that church, right? Like we make up the body of Christ And that means that we need to be an active part of a community of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so by church hopping, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. We're we're being consumers at that point. And I don't think Mm -hmm. our relationship with the church, the building of the church is to be consumers. We have to be a part of that community. Well, if you go back to the original church Mm -hmm. in Acts, Mm -hmm. like the two biggest things that stand out to me is community mm-hmm. and spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally says, I have it right here. Okay. So I was going to touch on it. <laughs> so I love that you brought it up, but it says, um, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the pro- proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Um, yes, I literally just preached on that a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's great. It's so cool. Um, and so if we're, if we're consuming, yeah, if we're just going on Sunday to consume what, what they're preaching about, we're not a participating person. We Mm -hmm. are, we are just consuming at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those, those verses that you just read, 
um, when I read that, every day they continued to meet together in the temple course. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, blah, blah, blah. The, the ending says, and the Lord added to their number daily mm-hmm. those who were being saved. And mm-hmm. to me, when I read that, it's just like they were just going about their daily lives, mm-hmm. being in community, mm-hmm. having meals together, spreading the love of Christ. And who brought that number mm-hmm. of saved people up? The Lord did. They mm-hmm. didn't, but they were just being the hands and feet, so we're called. And I think also, if you go back to verse 42, we're in Acts 2, by the way. Um, verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So that's four different aspects of the church, right? Mm. Teachings, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayers. Mm-hmm. If you're just going on Sunday, odds are you're just getting the teaching. Yeah. You're not getting the fellowship. You're probably not breaking bread with other people unless you're there for communion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're getting prayers, but not really. Like, you're getting corporate prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you're if you're just showing up to consume something, you're not going to hit all four, all four yeah. pieces of that. As we used to say back in the day, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> You kind of just touched on it, but is there anything else that you think the physical church building and congregation has to offer? Like, why would somebody go to church at all? Hmm. So this is a roundabout way to answer that question. But my parents helped start a church in Wilmington. And being able to watch them in that process has taught me a lot about the church, mm-hmm. um, as in the church building because they don't actually have a building yet. They're mm. meeting in a field. Um, they set up every Sunday. Wait, I love that. They all bring their lawn chairs and they preach under a walnut tree in someone's oh, field. And that it's is awesome. Beautiful. And so I think it's it's really been um, restoring my disappointment in the church buildings that mm. I've previously come across because that to me reflects what Christ wants the church to be. Like it is a group of people. And most of the time they have like a, like one weekend they had a chili cook off and then they had like a biscuit cook off. And so they were literally showing up, doing church, having corporate worship, having a time of collective prayer and breaking bread together. Odds are people don't leave that pasture till 3 PM in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think the church can be so beautiful and so life-giving if we get out of our own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if it isn't about what it looks like or how much money we're raising or, or what number of people are there. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is is a measurement to some degree. But when we lose sight of the purpose of the church, like mm-hmm. it is a group of believers corporately together worshiping the same thing, encouraging each other, praying for each other um like i think it can just be really cool if it is how christ designed it to be Mm -hmm. yeah again that's good (laughs) uh to wrap it up are there any churches both of us right now are not attending physically Mm -hmm. a church building but are there any churches that you really love to listen to whether like youtube podcast or any pastors or anything like that so I um, have some friends in Austin, and Austin City Life is a really cool, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive that's the name of it. Um, it's a church plant that some of my friends went out and planted a couple years ago, and I love their pastor. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He um, married my sister-in-law, who's not technically my sister-in-law, but I love her. <laughs> um, and so I will pop on and listen to them a lot. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's called Austin City Life. And the definition in Greensboro, yes. I have been listening to like him. One. He's been walking through Psalms 23, which has been really cool. Love that. Um, so I will listen to him. And then the good old Nate Stratman, um, who is the pastor at our my family's church in Wilmington, okay. Hope Community. Um, full circle story. He actually was our youth group leader when I grew up. And then he left and went to Colorado and taught... Um, preached at a church in Colorado Springs. And then there were a lot of us who had outgrown at the Presbyterian church that we went to in Wilmington. 
and he was really looking to kind of come back to North Carolina. And so he came back and we, my parents and a couple other families worked together to help plant a church. So it was really cool. It's been a, it's been cool to see him from a young twenties youth leader to now pastoring a church. Yeah. I love that we live in the world that we can like Mm -hmm. listen to other churches and pastors in different Mm -hmm. locations. Cause I think even within the United States, like geographically, like it's different culture, like the the culture of the South Mm -hmm. is different than the culture in Texas or California. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like regional cultural diversity. I think that's really good. Um, a couple that I like listening to is Robert Madu and, um, at social Dallas, which is also in Texas. Um, we love Texas, obviously. Love Texas. Um, (laughs) I also have been enjoying listening to Mallory's church, bright city. Okay. In Durham. Um, and then just like random, like people will send me random sermons and things like that. Um, but I just think it's so cool that we can, like, we are in such an age Mm. of consumption, which, Again, like anything can be good yep. or bad, yep. but yep. I just love that we have the ability to consume different, yeah. different churches. And I think it's you make a really good point about like geographical location because I will never live in a big city. Right. Ever. Same. And but however, my religious beliefs align more with a big city church. Mm. Um, because yep. I'm a little bit more a lot bit more liberal. Mm-hmm. I'm not as um my beliefs don't tend to look like the community that I'm living right. in. Yes. And so that has probably been the hardest thing for me in terms of being a part of a building church. Um, because I'm I don't feel like it it's feeding me and my beliefs just aren't there. And mm-hmm. so being able to tune in to a church that's yeah, in a bigger city that I don't live in, but is going to align more with what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a hard part, but a good thing in that we can consume that. Yeah. And for the third time, that's good. That's and good. you know what they say about the number three, it's wholly incomplete. It's wholly so incomplete. we're going to end it there. But thanks for talking to us about the church today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Valley and View. Don't forget, we have two playlists available for you this month. Our March playlist, which is full of songs we're loving right now, and Allie and I's 2023 Worship Song Draft playlist, featuring all of the songs that were mentioned in last week's episode. That's episode 10. Be sure to click the plus sign to add any playlist to your own personal library. You can find the links to both playlists in the show notes or by searching Valley Plus View on Spotify. Also in the show notes, we've listed all resources like scripture, books, podcasts, songs, or anything else we've mentioned in this episode. Whether you're in the valley, at the view, or somewhere in between, keep on hiking and we'll see you next time.